I didn't say all at once. We're going to take a step and then we're going to put a marker down and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll take another step. Oh, I can do that. You're right. You can. Don't look at the overwhelm. Look at one step, one step, one step. And if you live and focus on that, you can't help but succeed. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. And as always, super excited about another amazing guest who has always known that he wants to make a positive dent in the world. Bruce Holtgren's bio looks just a little something like this, where he played professional basketball for eight years. And he's also created, built, flourished, grown, add in any other adjective that you want to in that he has had pocket angels, oh crap, the Goya life, all businesses that have been incredible and working to help make the planet a better place. So Bruce, welcome to the show and let's dive in. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited. And you are coming all the way from Australia, which is what I love about being able to connect with people on Zoom from all over the world. Absolutely. Dare I say it? G'day, mate. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Please do. All right. So tell me a little bit about you. Like, why did you decide to play basketball? How did you decide to save the world? What's the meaning of life? Well, that's a big one. I'm going to go on there. Um, <laughs> the basketball thing is everyone sees me now and I'm six foot six or 198 centimeters. And people think it was obvious that, oh, of course, you played. But as a kid growing up, I tried a whole bunch of different sports and they didn't just connect. And I wasn't tall. Like I didn't grow till I was year 10 in high school. So I was, you know, a midget late grower and I just found a sanctuary on the court. So, you know, instead of doing all these other sports, I would grab my ball and go and shoot hoops for hours on end. But it was always funny too, because I never fit into conversations like people that talk stuff at school or work. It was just like, what are you talking about that for? That's not going to make a difference. And I didn't know that was different. I just thought, you know, I'm the only one that's doing that. So, yeah, so, you know, water cooler talk or whatever you want to call it, I was just like, oh, no, I'm not going there. I just don't. I I didn't fit in to that. So, yeah, and, you know, started doing personal development when I was 19 and went, oh, okay, this is, I resonate with this. So, yeah, here I am. So what was your first, like, personal development course or book or? It was a series of it was a series of cassette tapes by Tom Hopkins okay. selling. And okay. the funny difference between the US and Australia is we are so laid back, it's not funny. And <laughs> so, so I'm in the rag trade. So if any of you around the world have ever seen the boxing kangaroos, when we do a sporting event, 
Well, when that first happened, when the America's Cup was happening in the early 80s, well, I turned out that I had this license to sell clothing all over our state and region with that logo on it. And of course, it went nuts. So I get hold of these tapes and it's got all these American things in it. So I walk into one of my local stores and try something and they just about threw me out. They're like, what are you doing? Like, relax, you know, and plus I was in the sporting game. So, you know, rag trade, who cares? And here I am trying this, you know, real estate stuff. And, you know, would you like one of those? And, and it was like, okay, so I need to adapt it for my market. <laughs> so, got it. Got it. Yeah. And then it was just, it's been a series of now audiobooks and podcasts. Okay. Awesome. I love mm. that. Just the continuous learning and up-leveling them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I find if I'm not learning something, I actually get bored. So I did read one book and you know what it's like when you go to school and you, you learn these lessons, you have to finish it. You have to do this. I threw one book and it was like 400 pages and it was like going to the dentist every day. And I'm like, I've got to finish it. And then I heard this, someone on a podcast said, you don't need to finish it if you don't like it. Oh, I couldn't drop it fast enough. Like mm-hmm. I just needed that permission from someone else to not compete. And then from then on, it's been, you know, I always, I asked two sets of words, why not? And who says? Very brilliant. We should ask that more often. Well, I do it like every day now when I talk to people or if I'm doing a school talk, especially it's like, write these two phrases on the top of your page and everything revolves around that. Why not? And who says? Yeah. Yeah. Because it really opens you up to a lot of different opportunities and possibilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you go and speak at a school and, you know, I always talk about sales and marketing and people go, oh my God, he's going to try and sell me a vacuum cleaner. And it's like, no, no, you've been in sales and marketing since the day you were born. You literally popped out and your sales pitch was, you better wrap me up. Otherwise I'm going to scream the house down. I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. So And then the kids get that. And then you talk about, well, who wants to be a professional gamer or a programmer or this? It's like, well, why not? And who says you can't? You know, don't take advice from someone who's never left school. Right. Go for it. Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Why not? Yeah, because you can always do something else. And if you don't try, you don't know. Yeah. And and I always have an expression, as long as no one dies, play on. So, you know, if you go and want to do something, like, you know, the Olympics are on right now. Right. And all these people are finishing eighth in the qualifiers and everyone's going, oh, they're not very good. Or imagine training for all that time and only getting to there. Well, they're forever an Olympian. Now, the thing they now need to deal with is I went all that way. And it's not about winning a medal because I know how unique those are, but it's about, I guess, some sort of imposter syndrome where, okay, I got to the Olympics and there's eight heats in one of the swimming events and I finished eighth in one of the heats. Okay, so that means you're in the top 64 on the planet. Tell me where the problem is. You're not in the top exactly. three. Right. Yeah. So I had that issue to deal with. I had like imposter syndrome, all that, that I dealt with in my 40s, where because I didn't make the national team in basketball, I was a failure. And it was like, well, no, hang on. You're in the top 100 players in the country and you just weren't in the top 12. But, you know, now I can talk about that. Whereas before, I never talked about my playing career or it was, I was embarrassed by it. So, you only played for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And I've since read, it's really interesting. I've since read biographies and articles on other guys and the stuff they were doing with their teams at the same time. God, no wonder I made it. We were miles behind in our development and some of the things we were doing. So it was just like another, hmm, okay, all good. You know, I was lucky enough to play there. And I say that, you know, I worked my butt off, but it's those experiences that you learn as a professional athlete that you take with you forever. Someone mm-hmm. goes, oh, you work hard. It's like, no, you train four hours a day, six days a week, 50 weeks a year. That's hard. This is a piece of cake. You want me to work a 14-hour day? Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's really learning and just putting the work in and the time. 
Yeah, it's doing what needs to be done. And if it means that, you know, you come into the office or work, whatever, wherever the office is, and you make the choice to go, do I want to make a difference? And instead of watching three hours of TV, I'm going to write a script or I'm going to write a lesson or I'm going to write a blog post. So tonight it's going to be 10 o'clock and it's now seven o'clock. Well, in that three hours when I get to 10, is anything different? Or right. have I sat there and, you know, and some nights you need to just have sit on the couch, watch some TV, whether it's inspiring or, you know, just right. turn off stuff. But you've got to literally make that difference to go, if this needs to be done, is there something stopping me doing that right now? And if there isn't, well, why don't I just go and do it if the mind is in the right space? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. You can accomplish quite a bit in a couple of two-hour, one-hour chunks. Yeah, I've written a couple of courses in that setting where, you know, I would come into the office now early every day and go, right, I'm writing this lesson or I'm recording this script. And it got done. And, you know, three weeks later, I've got this fully blown course. And and everyone goes, when did you do that? It's like, well, I didn't do it all at once. You just do a step. No, so I tell kids all the time in schools that if you want to be successful, you've just only got to work half a day. And of course, their eyes light up and you've just got to work out whether it's six till six, seven till seven or eight to eight. (laughs) And what is their response to that? Oh, there are, you know, of course they drop. And it's like, you know, my thing is you can't change the world working nine to five. Nine to five is the industrial age where they had to split 24 hours into three shifts so they could keep making their widgets. Mm -hmm. So. You know, if you're done after five hours because you've mentally created stuff, see ya. Or if you want to do four hours in the morning and go and take two hours off and come back and do whatever you need to do, as long as it's done, who cares? Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the reason for leaving basketball? Was it just like something? I had enough. After a while, you you just know. Like, you know, now I've been coaching for 30 years and you get to a point where you just go, I'm kind of done with this. You know, it's great in the early days when, you know, you're 15 minutes of fame and they basically give you the keys to open anything you want. You know, you go out, you get free stuff, you, you know, all these things. But my last year was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. You know, I don't want to be introduced as this is so-and-so and he does this. It's like, that's not who I am. That's what I do. Right. And I always worked when I was playing. Like there were some guys who would finish practice and go and play video games. I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I need to do something. I need to work. Right. So I did. When you started having that feeling and those thoughts like, oh, this isn't fun anymore and it's like time for me to do something else, was that like you just made the decision and that was it? Or was it more of a process where you had to really think of things through about what you wanted? No, it was kind of a process where you're in your pre-season, you know, and you're running and sweating and you're tired and you're sore. And you just go, do I, I'm like this, this might be my last one because you literally, you just know. And then, you, you know, you go on the road and you're playing a, a gym somewhere and, you know, I would do a little wave on the way out. No one saw it, but it was like, see ya, I'm out. <laughs> so, and probably the bad part was we had a max exodus of players for my last year. So management screwed up in the team and all the good players, like we were one of the top teams in the league, left because the management didn't look after them. So all of a sudden we went from a top of the table team to we won two games, our first home game and our last home game. So does that make the decision easier when you're not winning? Well, yeah, but you still play and you still you appreciate running into a 15,000-seat stadium and playing on live national television, but you just know. It's just something innate where you go, eh, and you just sore all the time. You know, it's just right. six weeks after I finished because you would only ever take two weeks off and then start training again. Well, I stopped for six weeks, and I was like a new person. I had a thirst for knowledge. I had this, and I'm like, what's going on? And I spoke to my now wife. And she goes, 
well, you've stopped training. Of course you were going to open up. There's no pressure on you now. Right. And it was like I could see the, the sky all of a sudden. So That's amazing. Like to see yep. a difference in, in six weeks isn't that short or that long of a time. Like that's to have like no, that experience of I have more energy. I'm interested in other things. I'm not kind of dragging yeah. myself to. Yeah. I hated taking the two weeks off because I thought I was falling behind. But you literally just had to mentally go be disciplined on that. Right. And, you know, and you hear about, oh, athletes train on Christmas Day. It's like, yeah, of course you do, because, you know, either no one else is or the rest of the country is, you know, sitting around going rah, rah. Well, you get up in the morning and you open your gifts. Well, what do you do now until lunchtime? I'm going to train. See ya. Mum and dad were like, and Christmas for us is the middle of summer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's hot. So like it's hot out and it's, all right, I'm going for a, going mm-hmm. to the local oval and doing some sprints. So you just did it. That's amazing, though. Because it would be super easy to just sit around and be like, oh, it's Christmas, it's my day off, I'm not going to do anything, too. Like, that speaks to who you are and the discipline that you've maintained. Yeah, totally. It is the discipline of wanting to do it. So, you know, in the past 30 years of coaching, it's like this to every athlete, this is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to push you because if you ask any pro athlete what they miss the most when they retire is the training. Like you miss that, you have to fall in love with the boredom of repetition and you have to fall in love with the discipline of completing. You just have to do it. And if you can't fall in love with that process, you've got no chance at all, zero, because you know, you've got no issue getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning and you've got no issue making a meal or doing what you need to do. And that's the secret. You know, if you want to do it, I haven't worked in 30 years. Like I love what I do. I hate Friday afternoons and I can't wait to start. So I start Sunday nights. Yeah. I don't think I've ever interviewed anybody who has said like, I don't like Friday afternoons and I can hardly wait to go back to work. Mm. Any of of, the entrepreneurs I've interviewed and they all love what they're doing. Yeah. But I think the dedication to the bigger picture that you have is really incredible. Thanks. Yeah. Well, it's, again, it's the, the gift of the sporting stuff and I always laugh because it it came back to a lonely teenagerhood. I was a daggy kid that just wanted to play basketball. Mm -hmm. And so that, like I said before, that was my sanctuary. So I never went to parties. I didn't get invited to them because at school, I was just out on the basketball court all day, every day, because I didn't get people. You know, they want to talk about the local drama on TV or they want to talk about some other rubbish. And I'm like, I actually don't get you. Like, I don't get it. So I'll be here if you need me. And then you just work out. I, I fell into the pro sport, so it wasn't my goal. Right. It's just that I would hear someone say, no, you need to be able to do this with both hands. Okay, I'll do that because I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, you seriously considered suicide at 17, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, is it the discipline that came out of that or the desire to really make a big impact? What stopped you and, and how has that changed things for you the last 30 years? The best way to articulate it now that I'm in the well-being space is everyone on the planet has two desires deep rooted in their lives is do I belong somewhere and does someone care? And that sounds pretty basic now, but every single person you say it to, they're they're sitting there nodding their head going, yep, Uh yep. So I was in a space where I was unemployed because of recession and all this other fun stuff that was going on. I was training with a senior men's team as a 17-year-old and wasn't getting any time. And it was just like, you know what? I can't get a job. Is anyone going to miss me? And the only thing that stopped me was, so I still know the date. And the only thing that stopped me was I couldn't do that to my parents. Like they didn't deserve that. So 
in that split second of, all right, well, if I'm not going to do it, what am I going to do? It's make a dent. Like, if you're going to be here, make a difference. And I had no idea what that meant. It was, I'll plot along and something will come along. So, you know, I was still in high school or just finished high school. So, and now it's, you know, I openly talk about on May the 22nd every year, I could have suicided and I didn't. And all this time on, look at the difference I've made. And I've got a couple of amazing kids and a beautiful wife and, you know, have been able to coach and influence these people. And I don't talk about my playing career because that didn't influence anyone. It may have inspired a few people, but me being able to coach and talk and do all that, that's the magic because I can look in someone's eyes and go, let's do this. And they do it and their eyes light up. So it's that daily, I'm not going to call it a grind. It's the daily mission of, can I make someone smile today? Can I make a difference to someone? Is my interaction with this person going to be the best that they have today? And that's what we live by. And that's, you know, anyone who works with me, as simple as if you miss a family function for work, you're fired. Simple as that. If your kid has a thing on at school, even if it's an assignment and you want to go there and you miss it because of work, you're fired. You may be the only founder and CEO who says that. Well, maybe, but in the past 18 months or two years, especially, you understand the importance of family and being connected. And if you were sick one day, the business plays on without you. If you leave or get hit by a bus, the business goes on without you. So if you have to leave for two hours, so I heard a great expression just the other week, if it's not war or surgery, you don't need to win. Right. So if one of my employees says, I need to go out for a couple of hours because my kid's got this on at school, it's like, see ya, because they know that, and I know that they will, if they're supposed to get something done, it'll get done. I'm not dealing with brain surgery. In one of my businesses, I'm dealing with dog crap bags and the other business I'm dealing with well-being. And you and I, you know, we booked in a Zoom call and we booked in this to make this appointment happen. If you ring me and say, hey, I need to change because this has come up in my world. Okay. Well, it's no different at work. This has come up. I need to deal with it. Okay. Do you find that that, I'm going to say inspires and motivates, but maybe it incentivizes your employees in a different way where they're more bought into the the culture of the business because you're so flexible about giving them the fluidity of having a life and balancing the other aspects of their life outside of work. Yeah. I hire on culture first, like the human first. Yeah. And so, and I say this all the time and I suck at it. Like if someone walks into the office and they go this, it's like, okay, let's go. Cause I trust you on face value. But then, you know, I very quickly learned that hey, can you interview this person? <laughs> because that's a specialist job. But if if they're in the network, this is how we treat people. This is how we deal with people. And I'm no different to down the street. It's like, you know, the split second, are you going to hurt me? No. Okay, we're good. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So the I guess in answer to your question, the people have to get that we're different and that we're trying to make a difference. And if we've got a clock puncher or someone who, if I hear someone say it's hump day, they're gone because we don't work here. You know, you don't have to clock in at eight or nine or 10 o'clock in the morning or leave at a certain o'clock. You get your work done. Right. And if I send you a text message on the weekend because something's come up and it's like, I don't expect you to react to it because I respect you there. And I'll quite often say, you know, sorry for pinging you on a Saturday. And it doesn't happen that often because I respect their time. But the flexibility is I'm doing this for our benefit to make a difference. And you don't have to jump. I'm not saying jump how high. It's here's a thought. Let's talk about it on Monday. Right. Oh, good. So yeah, it's just mental holding. Yeah. yeah, Yep. I love it. I mean, that's how I work as well, because it's the hours don't matter. It's about getting things done in an excellent standard. World class. Yeah. So let's figure it out 
let's serve our people to the best of our ability and have some fun and go play, you know, the rest of our time. Yeah. And it's funny when you, when you have kids and you then realize that your parents did the best that they could do Mm -hmm. looking through rose colored glasses. That's you hope that's what they've done. Right. And then you get your kids and when the kids get old enough, you say, look, mum and I probably screwed some things up, but we're doing the best that we can do. And you need to know that every single decision that we made was with your best interest in mind. Now, if we screwed that up, you little buggers don't come with an instruction manual. So we're in this together. And as long as you understand that, then we're good. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, before my parents passed, I got to thank both of them and, and say, I get it, you know. And their generation is different to our generation. And I read a fantastic quote probably about four weeks ago, and it's right now we're the result of the past five generations' influence. And what we do now will influence the next seven. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So it's that important that we make decisions now. You know, everyone says talk about the future. If I'm talking five generations, and that's 80 years each, that's 400 years from now. Like, look at what's happened in the last 400 years. So I think 1600 to now, and then go another 400 ahead. You just go, hang on. So yes, it's making decisions for people you'll never meet. And yes, it's planting a tree and you'll never sit under the shade of it, but it's what other seeds can you plant along the way? Is that what was the catalyst for you starting your businesses? Yeah, the Goya one specifically. So, you know, earlier in the thing, you you talked about, oh crap, I run a business called oh crap, and we do compostable dog waste bags. And when I found out that in Australia alone, we put in 1.3 billion plastic bags into landfill every year with dog crap in them, and it makes up to 4% of all landfill, I freaked out. So started that business and we're about to hit the US market and a few other international markets, which we're really excited about. Yeah, yeah. And look, we're not the only company on the market doing that, but our brand is brilliant. You know, it's, oh, crap. Okay, people get it. And I'm a chief crapologist and everyone in the, you know, you join the oh, crap family and it's a global movement about movements, pardon the pun, but that's what the business does. And then with Goya, which stands for get off your ass, it started off as a sport app for a coach and athlete to connect and be able to coach each other when they're not face-to-face. And then wellbeing kept sticking its nose out of the sand saying, hey, take care of between the ears. And I should have listened to that even more closely because that's what I was dealing with. And then it morphed into an education version, a business version, and a men's health version. And that now, that's the, the blueprint and the footprint for people moving forward where they can manage their life away from social media in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the journal on the app, which is a private space. Well, that's your 100-year journal. What do you wish your great-grandparents had taught you life lessons to now? And now what can you teach the next five generations? And you don't need to be there. It's like, what can you teach them? What did you learn today? What did you, what's one thing that you've learned as a 20, 30, 40, 50-year-old that you can pass down to someone who's 10 years younger? Say, don't do this. <laughs> Screw this up. Don't do this. Or try this out because it's much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you walked me through in our pre-call, you walked me through the app and it's super easy to use and quick. Yeah. We spent five years developing it and like it's obviously still in development. So the minimum viable products out there, but the reaction we're getting, we want to be able to have people check in every day with a simple six question wellbeing survey that's customizable. So whether it's a good morning, whether it's a daily reflection, whether that's the start of a 90 day sprint or the reflection of a 90 day sprint, Whatever works, we've built that simplicity into it. And that's what's taken most of the time. It's no, that's too difficult. Dumb it down. And dumb it down, they're not, not the right words. 
let's make it better. Yeah. You know, what would Apple do? What would Disney do? What would Nike do that would make this so simple? Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. I think it's brilliant. You already know that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it be used everywhere. But I love that you have a focus on men's health as well, mm-hmm. as at least for me, and maybe people are experiencing it differently, but men tend to lag in taking care of themselves from fitness and just eating healthier. Yeah, it's one of those things where from a very young age as a male, you're taught to, you know, right or wrongly, you're taught that you need to be the breadwinner. If there's someone breaking into the house, you need to go and deal with it, even though you're crapping yourself as well. If there's something that has to happen, you go and do it because that's what you do. Now, that's not a wrong thing, but it is what it is. And up until very recently, talking to others or dealing with anything mentally, there's literally been nowhere to go. So Goy is about prevention rather than cure. And I go back to my 17-year-old self to go, why didn't I have someone that I could at least talk to, even a sports psych when I was playing to go, hey, this is what's going through my head when I'm dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Even if it didn't have anything to do with the sport, it's screwing with my performance or it's keeping me awake at night. And so that's the sanctuary that we're building. It's both mental and physical. And it's, yeah, like it's okay to talk about things. And, you know, you have great initiatives like Are You Okay Day? Well, this is a Are You Okay period. So, and look, the underlying current for the, the app is I want to build a platform that I can coach and influence millions around the world without ever having met them. Now, if you pick it up as an influencer and you deal with your tribe using our platform, mm-hmm. fantastic mission accomplished. It doesn't have to be my voice. It's right. my tool. Absolutely. And that's, I think, the best way to be able to have it spread and kind of create that ripple effect too, where I can share it with my people, my people will share it with their people and you know other influencers, yeah. et cetera, because it's, it's so simple and brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. And we built in the white labeling that, you know, you can make it your app. Right. And it'll be powered by the Goya Life. And we're building, we've even got more advanced steps on that coming, but it's all about you. So if you've got your tribe and you go, I want to be able to check in on the well-being and help these people on their journey, which is what you do. Well, it's like, well, why wouldn't we build a tool that you can do that? And it doesn't need to have our name on it. We'll just have the powered by. Right. And that's where the, you know, that was a big aha for us when we went, yeah, let's make this happen. So How maybe- much is like having clarity of purpose a part of the Goya mission and brand? Oh, it's everything. <laughs> part of the journey was going through 30 years of personal development stuff. Everyone goes, find your journey, you know, find your purpose, find your purpose. And no one said, this is how you do it. So me being a coach, me being a student, me being someone who wants to help, I've worked out how to do it in 15 minutes and I've shared that. (laughs) So, you know, anyone who's sitting there listening now, if you go, I've got no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, I've developed this exercise where you can literally sit down for 15 minutes and go through this process. And if you haven't found your process in 15 minutes or your purpose, do it again, and it's almost guaranteed that by 30 minutes you will have found what your purpose is, and it'll get your heart rate going, your hands will get sweaty, like you'll go, you'll start buzzing, and that's when you know. Excellent. And it, this is something that people can access easily, right? Yeah, it's a million dot. No, I'm just not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to basketball, what a lot of people don't realize is athletes die twice. So right. when they retire and then when they pass. Now, everyone refers to an athlete who's retiring as a professional. 
Well, it's the kid who doesn't make the high school team who's just been told that dream is done. It's the kid who does make the high school team or the college team and blows out a knee or an ankle or finishes and goes, that's it, I'm done. So, you know, or they don't even make the selection. They're just done. So part of the well-being stuff was how do you find your identity once you've retired? Again, purpose, identity, all that sort of fun stuff. And there wasn't a course out there anywhere on the planet in any language. So I thought, I've actually got this experience. Why not? And who says? So I wrote it. It's now called mygoyalife.com and it's 36 lessons and it's completely free. There's video and audio and there's a a book as well. And it's designed for people to, you know, sit down at their own pace and get some life lessons. Awesome. And we'll have the link in the show notes for everybody who wants to check that Mm -hmm. out too. So I love that because, I mean, I think it's great even if you think you know or you're already on track with what your purpose is. It's great to just check in yeah. and, and like narrow the field or reaffirm that this is, you know, where you're at and where you're going and see if there's places where you can level up. Absolutely. And it's a collection of lessons that I teach, whether I'm coaching or I'm on stage somewhere. And it's all basic stuff that I've picked up and gone, oh, I love that idea and I love that idea and love that idea. And so I, I molded it into a, a course that can be done at your own pace you know, and then the first thing people said, oh, how much are you going to charge for this? And it's like, nothing. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, if someone needs this lesson yeah. or this suite of lessons and they're in the middle of the United States or the middle of Australia somewhere and they need help, how can I even charge them a dollar for that? Or how can I even ask for their email address? I don't. That's not what it's for. So I wrote it to be done in the privacy of your phone, in the privacy of between your ears, wherever private is for you. So your journey Here's some help. Take what you want. Leave the rest. Play on. I love that. Thank you. Very, very powerful. Do you find that having clarity of purpose and kind of knowing what your why is helps with overwhelm? (laughs) Yeah, there's massive overwhelm. When you spend five years developing something and your story is, I'm developing an app, Uh and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you get to that day where it's like, holy crap, it's live. What do I do now? It's like, okay, now you need to go and talk to people all over the world and it's available in five languages. So there's no barrier to entry there. And you can talk in the business sector, the education sector, the men's health sector, and the sports sector. Where do you start? (laughs) So, So when I'm coaching, we always talk about creating more HSMs for the other team. Uh Holy shit moments. So, you know, this was the ultimate HSM where, holy crap, it's live. What are we doing? Like now we need to tell people about it. So the overwhelm is what are the top three things that need to happen today? If number two doesn't get done, does anyone die? No? (laughs) Yeah. Are you bleeding to death is the question I ask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's what's the most important thing that has to happen today and get it done. And as long as no one dies, play on. So that's the overwhelm thing. You know, there's you know, today is one of those days, another day where you look at all the things that need to be done and you go, well, if it doesn't get done today, does anyone die? No. But if I do this, does this make a difference to this? Yes. Okay, let's do that. So play on. I, you have so many great questions to for people to ask themselves to really mm-hmm. get that perspective about urgency and importance. Yeah, it's those. And again, it, it stems back to playing sport. And the accountability, the self-accountability and self-discipline of saying, and let's put in basketball terms because that's what I know, you've got to be able to to dribble both hands or you've got to be able to pass both hands. Now, people won't go through the pain and the embarrassment of doing stuff with their wrong hand 
to the point where it becomes natural. And that's not a choice. Like if you want to go to the highest level, well, you don't have a choice in that. You must do it. And you just, what what should I be doing? Okay, go and get it done. And it can be as simple as do it 10 times a day. It'll take 30 seconds because that's all you need. You don't need to sit there for five hours trying to do it. It's the accumulative effect. Do you do 5,475 push-ups at once or do you do 15 push-ups a day or do you do five when you wake up, five at lunchtime and five at night? Well, you're going to be that much stronger at the end of the year. Do you want to do it all at once or do you want to build on that strength? And it all comes down to what do I need to do today? What do I need to do tomorrow? And it sort of waffle on, but a great story I always tell kids, and regardless of which country I'm in, so let's say I'm in the US, I'm now standing in Los Angeles and I want to walk to New York. It's like, who wants to come with me? And everyone's like, oh, no, I can't do that. It's like, I didn't say all at once. We're going to take a step and then we're going to put a marker down and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll take another step. Oh, I can do that. You're right. You can. Of course you can. Don't look at the overwhelm. Look at one step, one step, one step. And if you live and focus on that, you can't help but succeed. I totally agree because it's all those tiny little steps that equals giant momentum. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in my 50s now and I, I didn't just turn 50. I've made sure that every day I've tried to take a little step to get forwards and I fall forwards. And one of the lessons in the course is imagine a baby and they're, they're falling forwards. So they, they're learning to walk, they get up, they fall down, they get up, they fall down. And after about six times, they go, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm just going to crawl for the rest of my life. And people just start laughing and they go, oh, that's ridiculous. It's like, you're right. Because you fall forwards, you get up, you fall down nine times, you get up 10. And when you put it in that context, it makes sense. Well, what's different about learning something new? What's different about, I didn't fail. I just haven't mastered it yet. I didn't fail. I haven't mastered it yet. So that walking lesson doesn't change in any aspect of your life, period. Right. And it's just getting back up. Eventually, I mean, it will happen if you just keep trying and adjusting and look at what's most important. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, bang your head against a brick wall because eventually it will break. I'm talking common sense stuff. You know, if you know that you want to go somewhere and let's say walk from coast to coast and you have the analogy of take one step and you know that in 365 days, you're 365 steps closer. Mm-hmm. Well, ask the question in 365 days from now, what's different to right now? What can I do for five minutes every day, literally, and make it six things? So it's 30 minutes every day, five, 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 and seven days a week for the next 365 days. What have you done? What's different? Have you learned the piano? Have you learned to sing? Have you done some strength work? Have you done breath work? Have you written a card to someone to say, thanks for being part of my network? What difference can you make in that? It's it's amazing. Try holding your breath for that long. It's a long time. It is. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like we could talk for forever. But share with everybody where they can connect with you and see all the amazingness that you create. So the easiest part is LinkedIn. So just find me, Bruce Holkren. And again, the link will be in the show notes. The course that I mentioned is called mygoyalife.com. There's also a mindfulness course that I've written that teaches people how to become mindful without having to sit on their butt for 20 minutes singing Kumbaya. (laughs) (laughs) And then to find out more about the app, it's thegoya.life. And we'll share the notes in that. But yeah, more than uh, interest to talk to anybody. We've got all the links at the bottom of the show notes too. So easy for everybody to connect with you. Yep, absolutely. Look forward to it. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. This has been incredibly fun. I don't think I've laughed this much. (laughs) (laughs) And as I said, I love the simplicity of the questions that you ask because they're so powerful. Thank you. I have to keep it that way because that's how I roll. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, thanks everyone. Thanks, Amy. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 